Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by Dodge Motorsports and powered by Sony's Car Audio. Where we bring you closer to your music. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined. Now, some of our more seasoned listeners know this name from Formula One, but today's race fan knows him in NASCAR. Never thought we'd say this, but... Where this week in the Michigan, he scored his first big boy win. He was dominating the race so much so that he still won even after half throttle. Welcome to the Speed Freaks Pits for the first time, Crasher. We've talked to him, of course, at Texas Motor Speedway. Nelson Piquet Jr. What's up there, Nelson? When you run by a gas station in your regular car, do you always check the gauge, unlike what was going on in the truck when you were having to save all that damn fuel? Yeah, uh, it was quite a it was quite a nerve wracking uh, end of the race, but uh, we managed to we we managed to finish the race pretty much perfectly at, at the end. You know, uh, kind of ran out of fuel at the burnout, so uh, <laughs> I think uh, I need to thank my team for for having such good guys and and uh, having them calculate perfectly the amount of fuel that we had at the end of the race. When someone's in your ear, Nelson Piquet Jr., saying, dude, you got to conserve fuel, let off the throttle, how tough is that for a driver to even think about doing that? Well, the biggest thing, I didn't know how much of a lead I had for the second place, so they were telling me to, to back off, and I was, I was concerned that the second place was going to get close to me because I was backing off half throttle mostly the whole lap, and they were telling me to back off even more. I was like, guys, I mean... How far is the second place? Because if I keep backing off this much, I mean, I'm 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 being passed by everybody else over here. But I had no idea that the second place was like half a lap behind me. So that that was the big thing. Uh, I mean, I know it was nerve wracking for everybody. The whole team was calculating how much fuel we had, and and everybody everything was changing at, the, at at every second. People were pitting, some people weren't pitting. The whole race was going on. Everything was happening very quickly. So for me, at the same time, you know, I. At the same time I was backing off, I knew I had to conserve fuel. Uh, I didn't want to back off that much because I had no idea how far second place was behind me because I had trucks passing me all the time, but I didn't know who was a lap behind me and who was on, on my lap and who mm. I was really fighting for the race. So, I knew, I, I mean, it was it was crazy for everybody at the end, but uh, it ended up working. We, we still finished, finished up with about a 10-second lead for second place, so... It, it worked out well, but, I mean, I, I know it, it was a bit nerve-wracking for everybody at the moment. NASCAR Truck Series winner Nelson Piquet Jr. on the line with us right now. And, Nelson, how cool to take this win with your dad's tribute. His 60th birthday was two days ago, and you had this big tribute to him on your truck. You have to have this every single race now. That's the winning mojo. Yeah, I mean, it was great to be able to, to give this, this victory as a birthday for him. Not only as a birthday, but the tribute I did to him for him uh for his first kind of real season that he raced in motorsports which was in 74 uh right before his father passed away uh and the whole story was because his father didn't let him race so he had to race with a fake name and uh and that's where pk came from because actually pk is from his mother not from his father which everybody usually gets their father's Mm -hmm. name and he got the pk from his mother and that's what he raced with and uh, like that his father wouldn't read on the papers. Nelson P.K. was winning races and uh, was winning races, and, and he, he raced with a fake name, which was his mother's, and, and that was the whole story, you know, in 1974. 
his first uh, racing career, and, and at the end of the year, his, his father passed away, and then he, he kept the name PK, but he wrote it the right way, which is which was a Q U, not with a K E. Uh, so I mean, the whole tributes and and his birthday and everything, and and his birthday was the seventeenth. The race was the eighteenth. We won the race, so everything worked out perfectly for him. Uh, I mean, for all of us. So it was great to be able to give this victory as a present for him. Nelson Piquet Jr., your dad won three world titles in F1. That was the family business for a while. You were in F1. Now you're in NASCAR. Are, do you miss F1? Is NASCAR going to be enough for your uh, racing juices to satisfy uh, Nelson Piquet Jr.? Well, I mean, everybody asks me this, and the best answer I give, well, that I have actually is, it's the same thing if you change girlfriends, you know, I mean, you, you you kind of you broke up with one, you started with an ex-girlfriend, and you kind of forgot that one because you're in love with the next one. <laughs> There's not, I have nothing against this one. It's, it's what I dreamt, what I dreamed my whole career, my whole, since I was a small boy. But uh, since I came to NASCAR and since I learned how to drive these kind of stock cars and, and since I've been involved in this community, I've fallen in love with everything over here. And it kind of, it kind of replaced uh, everything I had for F1, you know, all the love I had for F1, all the passion I had for the racing over there. Obviously, there's a lot of things that are very different, you know. I mean, the venues are different, the cars are different, the people are different, the culture is different. But, I mean, everything that I've learned and everything I've been going through over here is I've been falling in love with, and uh, and I appreciate it very much. You know, it's a whole different culture, a whole different world, but I love it very much, you know, and I, I've, I've learned it all from the beginning and I've followed the whole history I've learned about a lot of different things and it's like it's like if I've got a new girlfriend and like if I had replaced it in my heart and and I'm in love with what I'm doing at the moment you know I really I really want to conquer and 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 have a living on what I'm doing now I think I'm good enough I think I'm capable of of getting into cup one day and making a living out of it and being a, a good driver winning races and championships so, so this is this is what I'm what I'm battling for. So Nelson Piquet Jr. If if someone came back and said, "Here's the you know four million dollars, I want you back in F1," you're going to say no. Well, I mean, if they said it right now, probably I would have to take it because I don't have a contract for next year at the moment. Hmm. Uh, I don't have anything signed for Nationwide or either trucks for next hmm. year, so. Obviously, if if somebody came and said, "Look, you have a contract for next year," I I would get it just because I don't have anything signed for next year at the moment. Uh, but if I had a choice to stay in both and say, "Look, you can either go one or the other, or you can pick," I would stay in NASCAR just because I I enjoy the racing very much over here, and that's what I picked. Um, and well, wait a minute. I'm answer. sorry to I'm sorry to cut you off here, but the 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 culture you mentioned the culture and it hasn't been that accepting of Juan Montoya who won races in F1 and you know potentially was competing for a championship in F1 at one time do you think you can cross over that line and be accepting of a culture that's pretty closed to people that come from other uh other cultures into uh NASCAR I think I can do it. Uh, I think I came a little bit younger than Juan Pablo. Obviously, he he stayed in F1 a little bit longer than I did. Uh, but the 
difference is, I mean, obviously, Juan Pablo, he started America. He went to Europe and came back to America. So he had a little bit of a inside of what was America before he came here. For me, it was all new. You know, I, I had never been here. I had never raced in America. I had never have any contact with anything, any kind of motorsports here in America. So um, the only the only good thing is that I came a bit younger and uh, and I started off, you know, in the level which I thought was right for me, which was the trucks, you know. Uh, I think if I would have gone straight to Cup, I think I would have suffered much more and, and it would have been much more difficult for me to, you know, get into stabilize myself. I think starting in the trucks and winning races and winning races in Nationwide and the K&N series both. I've, I've won races in three different series already. It's going to help me build up my uh, you know, my my confidence and my all my expertise in, in stock cars before getting into Cup Series. Now, Nelson, one thing Juan Pablo did was he flirted with that girlfriend over there named IndyCar. Any flirting? You know, she's kind of cute sometimes. Any flirting with, with that series? Uh, I had a, I had a, I had an offer to go to IndyCar, but, uh, I, I don't know. I always had a, you know, since, since I turned my eyes into America and to stock cars, this was my, this was my goal. This was my objective. NASCAR was, was, was the toughest thing to accomplish. You know, I, I wanted, you know, I could have very well gotten some sponsors, while I was still in F1 and say, okay, let's let's buy a ride in, in Virgin, let's buy a ride in, in Williams, let's buy a ride in God knows where in DTM. Uh, but I decided to do something something different, something tougher, something people haven't done and accomplished, which was NASCAR. Nobody left F1 and nobody came all the way to NASCAR and uh, tried to uh, try to win it and try to be a top driver. And that's something I want to try to do. I want to. I want. I want to. I want to accomplish NASCAR. I want to come over here. I want to accomplish. I want to. I want to go up the scales, which are mm-hmm. K&N trucks nationwide, and one day get get up to Cup, and be 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 a driver that is contending to win races and championships. So that that's my goal. I want to be a driver that has been able to reach an F1. Okay, I, I haven't won races. I finished second over there. I finished, but uh, I haven't had the chance to win races or championships. Freak Nation, his no, name. Just a second, Nelson. I got it. People want to know who's who's talking on the Speed Freaks Radio Network. His name is Nelson PK Jr. Working his way up through trucks, hopefully nationwide. Then in the Sprint Cup Series. And before you get out of here, Nelson, you brought up a comment about uh, Kimi Räikkönen calling him weak. Was that kind of a joke? Kind of the fact that he couldn't hang with the NASCAR boys? Well, I didn't. I didn't actually say that. I, I think that he he had no idea what was NASCAR. You know, I think. Getting getting into Charlotte and racing for one weekend and trucks nationwide, I don't think it's the right amount of time you need, you need to have to have a feeling of what NASCAR is. You know, you cannot just arrive here and race two three weekends and say, "Oh, this is not my thing" or "This is my thing." You need to live the gold. You know, you need to be part of a bit of the culture if you have a good feeling of what NASCAR and what the culture is to be able to have a good decision or, or to be able to assess it the right way and, right. and say, okay, I would love to race this or I don't want to do it. Nelson P.K. Jr. got his first big boy win in the NASCAR second in the NASCAR Truck Series? Nationwide as well. Oh, that, that's right. He won. Look at that. Two times. Wow. You see I, won, that? I won the K&N, too. The, and, and and K&N. We, we knew the K&N, but that's not the big boys. That's still for guys with training wheels. Nelson, come on. Relax now, damn it. <laughs> 
Nationwide, the Nationwide Series, his first win in the Truck Series, and it's good to get him here in the Freak Nation. That's what we do. When you win, Nelson, you come in the Freak Nation and talk to about 50,000 people on a given night. How about that? All right? No, it feels great. I mean, it feels great even to, to come up with a Brazilian flag and be able to wave it in front of everybody. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but still. No, I'm what do you mean? Was, Nelson, it happens uh, all the time in IndyCar. You, on, you, wave, you wave your country's flag. Don't even worry Don't about worry. what anybody says. You just tell, I know, I know, yeah. I know, but I had a lot of people commentating and, and criticizing it. What? But still, I mean, I want to tell everybody I'm from Brazil. That's right. where my father's from. That's where I was growing up. And, and I'm always going to bring up my Brazilian flag. Uh, every time I win a race. So it's the third time we do it. And, and, uh, you know, I know a lot of people were criticizing about it, but uh, it's where I'm from. I think it's it's everybody should do the same thing. And uh, I know I'm racing in America. I know I'm living here. I love the country. I love the culture. I have nothing against any of you guys. It's just... You guys. Uh, I have to I have to bring up the flag where, I'm, where I came from. I know I wasn't even born in Brazil, to be honest. I was born in Germany. But... My culture is pretty Brazilian. I was brought up in Brazil for my father, and it's my first language. Nelson, and, you just uh, tell them to kiss your ass, and the Speed Freak said so, <laughs> exactly. to kiss your ass, okay? You just say, kiss my ass, Speed Freak said to kiss my ass, and leave it at that, all right, Nelson? Leave it at that. <laughs> hey, hey, we're proud of what you did, man. Looking forward to getting you back in here after another big old win, all right, my with friend? With the flag, with the Brazil With the flag, flag. all right? Yes. We'll, we'll play the Brazilian national anthem or something, all right? <laughs> well, that, that's next, yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to play the National Anthem the next time we win a race. Nice. Pele, roll on All right, Nelson, thank you, man. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, Freak Nation. Nelson Piquet Jr., his first truck series win, his second big boy win, and, of course, he won in the K&N series. We do know that. All right, Freak Nation, as I've been promising for the last 45 minutes with a catalog of 60 album sales beyond 30 million worldwide, legendary Southern Rock mega gods are back with the return release of Last of a Dying Breed. As I said earlier, it's due out August 21st, a couple of days. With us tonight, high atop some penthouse in Orlando, polishing up that silver and turquoise six-shooter and whiskey flask. Former drummer, people may not remember this, former drummer and, of course, now one of that triple triple guitar guitarists, Ricky Medlock of Skinner. What's up there, R.M.? What's happening tonight, guys? How are you, man? Are you just are you just laying back in bed with a, with a flask of whiskey with a big fat cigar right now? No, I'm laying back on my sofa right now, and I just got finished watching Hell on Wheels, and now I'm watching uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> I love Breaking Bad. Don't tell me what happened. Yeah, don't tonight. give away the plot, Medlock. All right. Well, I'm getting ready to tell everything. You happy bastard? <laughs> don't be doing that, man. We DVR that show. <laughs> now we um we played outside of Toronto, Canada last night and got on a plane um, in Toronto this morning. Flew all the way to Orlando. I grabbed the rental car and came home to be with my lady and the dogs uh, tonight in Fort Myers, Florida. And I got to go back to Orlando tomorrow uh, to pick up where I left off. So it's good to get home for about fourteen hours and then take off again. You know. Medlock, are you the last, are you personally the last of a dying breed? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm, you could say, I, I think I'm one of, you know, quite a few last of a dying breed. I think basically what we were really trying to get across to everybody was, uh, you know, there's not many bands, uh, you know, left, you know, anymore of what you say, the great uh, arena rock bands, you know, that, that, that came up through the 60s and the 70s, uh, into the 80s and stuff, you know. I think that along with ourselves, you got people like, 
uh, the Rolling Stones and ACDC and Aerosmith and the Allman Brothers and ZZ Top. And I think that those kind of bands are really actually the last of a, of a, of a breed of bands, uh, you know, that's left. Um, a lot of good record sales, you know, over the years. And, uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you how fortunate I feel, you know, that I've been actually with two Southern rock bands, as with Blackfoot, and also, you know, now, you know, was with Leonard Skinner in the early years, uh, and now I've been with him now going on 17 years back with him. So I really feel like that this record, um, we, we tried it old school this time. We, uh, we went in and cut it as a group. Uh, in the studio all at the same time, recorded it, like just getting in there, working it up, playing it as a band and recording it at the same time. And, uh, you know, just kept the spirit and the energy of it all, man, and it came out really well, man. We got some great songs on it, and I'm just uh, really looking forward, you know, people to grabbing a whole of it and listening to it, man, and checking it out. Freak Nation, Ricky Medlock, Leonard Skinner joins us here in the Speed Freaks Pits on the Freak Radio Network. Statman, go ahead. Ricky, your last, I don't want to get too much into this rabbit hole, but your last of a dying breed on several levels. One, you were able to go into the studio all together at one time and come out with something good. <laughs> There's so many bands after all these years, they can't even stand each other and they got to go into the studio one at a time. Otherwise, they'd be scrapping in the middle of the studio there. Yeah, it's really funny, you know, that I just, it's kind of funny, I just watched a special tonight on Aerosmith, on uh, the CBS tonight, they had them, I think, on 60 Minutes, and uh, it's amazing to me, I, I never really realized, I mean, I had heard that, you know, that they always had some kind of internal problems going on and stuff like that, but I never really realized um, how they really kind of felt about each other, you know, and... Uh, when I see that, I, I kind of, like, kind of confuses me a little bit because, you know what, I think that bands, the things get to a certain point, I can understand, you get to a certain point where you kind of, like, go apart in a way and uh, want to get out uh, away from each other and stuff like that. But with Leonard Skinner, man, I mean, we, we spend a lot of time on the road, and then we also, we got our own project going and we spend a lot of time away from each other. So, you know what, man? We, we were able to go back in. We were happy to be able to go back in and do a new record because, I mean, it's only a matter of time before you can't do any new record and you can't uh, perform anymore. And we're just, we're just very grateful, you know, that we, uh, we have the millions of fans around the world, you know, to be able to play for and make new music for. We love it, you know? Freak Nation. Ricky Medlock, Leonard Skinner joins us here in the Speed Freaks Pits. Crasher, go ahead. Well, okay, Statman asked me earlier, or he asked me to ask you <laughs> if you thought that it might be a bad thing that I happen to be a fan of Lady Gaga or Pink. Is this that just not something Leonard Skinner would even consider? Well, I don't, look, I mean, I don't condemn anybody for, you know, liking a certain type of music. <laughs> I mean... Whatever, whatever a person is really into, I, I, I mean, I think that uh, I was riding along today and I was listening to uh, the radio, you know, and I heard a song by a group called Chevelle uh, that I actually really like. And, um, I mean, I like all sorts of music. Uh, I just don't particularly go to one particular type of music 
to listen to that all the time. You know, I like to, you know, as I say, expand my horizons and listen <laughs> to a lot of stuff. So for you to listen to Lady Gaga and stuff like that, I, I don't I don't really criticize people for listening to a lot of different stuff. I mean, hey, um, I think the Black Peas are a good group. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I listen to a lot of different things, and, and I think everybody... That's the cool thing about music, being able to listen to everything and, and get out of it what you get out of it, you know? Ricky Medlock joins us here in the Speed Freaks Pits. Okay. All right, Ricky Medlock and Leonard Skinner, do you have Millie Vanilli on your iPod? No, you know, man, you know better than that. But I tell you, the closest thing that I've got to Millie Vanilli <laughs> on my iPod is the soundtrack of bathroom sounds from around the world. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of farting? <laughs> think about it what all kind of different bathroom sounds can you imagine yeah we're just talking pooping and farting maybe some burping hey, close to millie vanilli isn't it oh. <laughs> i don't know you know medlock after walking off stage of blackfoot back in the late 70s early 80s and you rolling into a bathroom there's some other things going on in that bathroom weren't there oh there's a lot of things going on in the bathroom that's what i said bathroom sounds from around the world Copy that. Wow. <laughs> there it is. Throwing it out there, Freak Nation. Ricky Medlock, Leonard Skinner joining us here in the Speed Freaks Pitch. New record comes out in two days, Last of a Dying Breed. What's the, what story can you give us, Medlock, out in some bathroom, some something backstage that's happened? It doesn't have to involve a girl, but would intrigue the Freak Nation, all 50,000 listening right now. What's a, what's a good quick story that you could share with the Freak Nation, either with Blackfoot, your solo stuff, or hanging with Skinner? What's a wild-ass story? Oh, I don't know, man. You know what? I think that every day of our life is a wild-ass story. I think that uh, every day is a different day, and every night's a different night. Uh, you know, used to, man, we uh, you know, we kind of did the drinking and the indulging and everything like that, and, hell, I can't even remember half of what I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's been some pretty... Uh, pretty outrageous and wild times in my life you know i mean my god i've been in rock and roll uh all my life as a matter of fact but i don't know man i think that you know every night's a different a different gig in a different town you know you see some crazy stuff go on man i mean some really crazy shit going in the audience and um i mean what can i tell you man is rock and roll is a crazy story all in its own what about greg allman's Wife, how 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 old is she, Ricky Medlock? Oh, uh, let's don't get into that now. Come on, <laughs> Kenny. You know, Greg is a good guy, man. He married a young girl. From what I understand, you know, she's about what twenty three now. So that should keep him jumping for quite a while. You know, it'll keep him young. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, so Ricky, Ricky Kenny married young. It's all right. I know Ricky Medlock. <laughs> I, there's a couple of songs that have been released from the album. I, the the yeah. last of a dying breed. I heard that, but the one that I really like is one day at a time. And uh, is yeah. that is that one of your favorites on the album? Which one would you listen to if you were just on an airplane well, going is, somewhere? Actually, it is one of my favorites. Uh, uh, my gal, uh, my fiance, uh, Stacy Michelle. Um, who was a part of Kid Rock's band for about two and a half years. Uh, when we were getting this record together, she said to me, there is a song that Marlon Young wrote, and Marlon is the guitar player 
and one of the main writers there for Kid Rock. Um, Marlon has a song called One Day at a Time that I believe would fit Skinner great. So uh, she played it for me, um, got a hold of Marlon. Marlon said, yeah, I'd be honored for you guys to do it. It needs to be finished. So we finished it off, man, and I think the song actually sounds very close to like an old kind of classic Leonard Skinner, Rossington, Collins uh, type of song. And it is actually, it is one of my favorites on the record right now. Yeah, I, I truly, I, I'd listen to it on YouTube. Uh, go listen to it on YouTube and then go buy the CD because I'm sure there's a lot more on there. But that really sounded like some of the old school and uh, it really had uh, someplace it sounded like it it'd be a perfect song to be in some bar somewhere mm-hmm. where people are throwing uh, bottles at you through the chicken wire. I bet <laughs> I bet that's happened to you once or twice in your Let career. Let me tell you something. I played a club, and I'm not going to say where it was because I don't want to give it away, but I will tell you it was in Oklahoma. <laughs> but I played a club one time that actually had a stage with chicken wire that was strung across it and we lasted, we lasted one set, and we quit. Um, I had glass all over me. The guys had glass all over them. Uh, that's no joke. That actually happened. Was was that Blackfoot or Solo Days? That was Blackfoot. Wow. And that was back in the like, uh, that was back around the mid seventies. Damn! Wow. Yeah, Skinner's too too big for that now. The the, the band the Skinner wouldn't go in a a uh, place like that now, would they? Hey, dude, I've been hit. I've been hit before with flying beer, you know, up on the stage and stuff with this band. And I don't know, man. We've had some, you know, we've had some stuff thrown up on stage and stuff, you know, that that you shouldn't really throw because it could hurt somebody. But hey, it's all a part of the, it's all a part of it. You know what I mean? People get. People get crazy, man. They get out of hand. Now, I do want to say before we get out of here, I have a, a niece who's maybe, what, she's 16 years old in uh, in D.C., and she, I, I saw her the 4th of July. We were having some barbecue. She shows up with a Skinner T-shirt on, and I said, wow, where'd you get that? She said, well, all right. You know, she started telling me about it. She liked the look and everything. I said, you know, they're... She said, what do you know about them? And he said, well, I think they're a band, or they used to be a band. Oh, nice. So uh, you're, you're crossing over the generations, partner, and uh, that's a good thing. Oh, so she thought. Well, you know what? I think that, um, like I always tell everybody, <laughs> we're three generations deep into fans now. And I think that uh, we're, you know, we got fans from 15 to 65. And I find that to be very amazing. And all I can contribute it to is is that we have very, you know, we have magical tunes, man. We have songs that are timeless that will always be here uh, long after I'm gone, that's for sure. And, um, hey, you know what? I find that that's a great compliment uh, for her to think of the band like that and other people, young people like you know, to love the music that much, you know, to think of the band like that. And uh, we're just going to keep on going, man. We're just going to keep on keeping on. And we'll, we'll see this record through. We're two on it. And uh, more than likely, you know, we'll turn around and start writing for another one, get another record out. Hey, is, is Stacy Michelle in the in, in the hotel right now? You're talking. Well, I'm at home.
home right now. You were talking to somebody, Medlock. I heard that. Where are you going, baby? Uh, I'm at home right now, and she, you know, I'm hanging at the house. I came home since I was so close in Orlando. I was only three hours away, and I grabbed a car, and I came home for tonight. Man, she's, she's hot. We see she a picture of her. She's hottie. a hot box, Medlock. I'm proud of you, brother. Oh, uh, she's a beautiful lady. And what she plays guitar? She actually does play guitar. She um, she had her own band here, you know, when she was younger. and uh, But she's done tours with uh, Joe Walsh. Whoa. Whoa. The James Gang, she did four tours with them. She did, uh, you know, she did all the tours she did for two and a half years. And, uh, the records with Kid Rock. She's worked with um, Ron Wood and Keith Richards before and a Damn. whole bunch of people, you know. And you snagged her. Good job. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? What's cool is is that we uh, we love music together. She right now she's writing stuff for herself, and uh, she's got some projects going on. And at some point here, you know, we've been talking about it for a while. At some point, uh, we're going to try to do a record together at some point here. But uh, she's a she's a really talented she's a really talented woman. Is she know? Medlock? Is she a better looking looking woman than you are a better guitar player? Oh. I'll tell you what, she's a, she's a finer lady than I am a finer guitar player, that's for sure. <laughs> Man, as always, R.M., we'll be, of course, I'll be talking to you soon, but, dude, thanks for hanging out for 20 minutes here in the Freak Nation. We appreciate your honesty and, and really what you came at us with, I man. I appreciate y'all calling me. Uh, rock on the Freak Nation, man, lives on. That's great. Y'all take care. Ricky, Aww. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Later, brother. All right. Ricky Medlock, Leonard Skinner joining us here in the Speed Freaks Pits. <laughs> This guy in the studio with us now, currently fourth in points in the K&N West Series, the K&N NASCAR West Series, and he's racking up top fives pretty freaking well. On his way to Portland International Raceway, welcome to the Freaks Pits, Derek Thorne. Thanks for having me. First time here in the Freak Nation. It is. This, you, is, this is an interesting establishment you guys got. You like this? Hanging out. Hang, Lucas Oil <laughs> yes, Studios. Yes, all ours. Based, awesome. based in the Peterson Automotive Museum, corner of Fairfax and Wilshire in Los Angeles, California. Your first impression of this museum is? Stout. Yeah. Very stout. It's one of the places where I, I didn't get a chance to scroll through the whole museum yet, but when you walk in, you get a giant car, a Mater from the Cars and Lightning McQueen, and that just kind of sets the tone because you see a lot of crazy off-the-wall stuff in here. And they are, brand, they are brand new, by the way. <laughs> we walked in today and thought, whoa, they've changed our entrance. Yeah, that's pretty cool. They, there, but there was a Bugatti there that was just killer beforehand. And what else has been there? There was an IndyCar once, that, a really old Remember, we're on the radio talking to about 20,000 people right now. We're just having a little conversation here in the bar. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> cars on the inside of the Peterson Automotive Museum. Kenny Sargent. Right. I mean, Derek, Derek's not driving all the way to Portland through Los Angeles to talk about Lightning McQueen, are you? No, I don't think so. Right. Talk about winning, right? Yeah, talk about... When McQueen are you, knows how to win. That's right, he does, too. <laughs> when are you going to get your next win? When the hell is it going to happen? Well, uh, we just won this weekend. It wasn't in the West Series, but it was with the SRL Southwest Tour in Stockton. Um, so that, nice. that's nice to get. It's always any, any division nowadays in racing. Um, is did you many, finish with all your wheels on I, I did. Stockton is a tough little place, so you, you knock. Every time you go there, you at least knock the right. It's like the Darlington Stripe, but right. the Darlington Stripe usually consists of the left side of somebody else's car because you got to <laughs> drive the high side of three and four. You usually got to drive it into the ambulance fires up and you got to dork them out of the way and then get on the gas so they don't take you out you know the city's bankrupt so have you cashed a check already no i haven't yet i think uh you better, get, in, you better get into the bank as soon as you can i will i'll definitely get right. first in line city state <laughs> this whole state right, well let's not go into that yeah <laughs> Derek thorne nascar k and n k and n 
K&N West Series, NASCAR pilot, joins us here in the Speed Freak Spits. That's how long it's been since we've had a K&N Series driver here in the Freak Nation. It's been a long time. K&N's been partners of ours for a long, long time. So it's good to have somebody repping the red and orange and black and white. <laughs> now, you're going to Portland International Raceway. That's a road course. Do you know how to turn right? Man, I, I did. It's been exactly one year since I've driven for Bob Rincotti. Bob, actually, I come from all circle track stuff, and I have never... A year ago to about this date, I had never seen a road course in my life. Okay, and they took us out to took us out to Buttonwill up there, kind of outside of Bakersfield Oof. a little bit. And man, it was a rough go. I'm th- just from turning left, I struggled for a while. I went and tested for about a day. Um, had some great mentors, Patrick Long and Bob Brancotti. Oh, Wait, whoa, cool. whoa. Hey. Patrick awesome. Long is Patrick. one of your mentors? Oh, yeah. He's very, Porn very mustache. talented. Now, that's a, <laughs> that's a serious, yeah. that's a yeah. serious road. He's, he's one Lamar. People. He's good people. Plus, yeah. he knows us. Do you tell him you know the speech freaks? I don't talk to him very often. But when I do, I'm sure, I'm sure he's got nothing you know, but good things to say about you guys. No. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, how, right. that's, that's why he wins at Lamar, because he knows us. He's been into the freak nation. That's right. And this is why you're going to win I'm going to win now, huh? Yeah, just, it's just that luck. Yeah. You got to have that luck. Yeah. Mojo. Take our right. mo- drivers have been benefiting from our mojo for 12 years now. <laughs> Why not come on sooner? You know, that, well, that's, <laughs> yeah. 12 years come ago, on. 12 years ago, you didn't care about road race or, or street or car racing, did you? No, 12 years ago? No, it's, I've been it's almost 18 years now. My dad got me into go-karts. 18, 18 years? 18 years. I was getting ready to say 12 years ago. You were still <laughs> sucking your thumb. But no, you that might have been 12 years ago. You know, it took me, it took me a while to get rid of that habit, but... But nonetheless, so you eighteen years, eighteen years. You only look seventeen, dude. Uh, I know. I, I should get a fake since NASCAR is so oriented to these young drivers. I should get a fake ID to make myself younger than I really am, True. and maybe they'd never know the difference. You get no, carded when fried you, eggs. You get carded when you go into rest in oh, yeah. bars without yeah. <laughs> restrooms. Oh, yeah. my, my my license is worn out from having to pull it out so darn many times. Uh, you get, oh, card, you get carded from ladies you try to talk to. They do sometimes. Like yeah, this guy a little young, little on the young side. So you have to convince them that. You you're old enough to talk to That's right. A lot of times they still don't listen to you. <laughs> that's, a, that's an uphill battle right there. So you just tell them you're a race car driver and they don't just surrender no. right there? They should Honestly. <laughs> that's one thing I have not. That's one thing I've always realized is NASCAR doesn't seem, the Canyon series doesn't really draw a lot of, I'd say, female spectators. You go to a place like the like the Supercross stuff, like the oh, indoor, yeah. that, <laughs> there, that there draws seems to be, I'd say, talented female individuals I, I haven't seen any you, you take the politically correct canon <laughs> filter off your mouth you can go ahead and tell them what the hell they look like thorn they're, some hot boxes hot rolling well, around. I got, I got a very beautiful girlfriend sitting at home. I don't want to. Okay. I've got a very beautiful waves. wife, but I can still say there's a lot of hot boxes <laughs> rolling around FMX and, and motocross and Amen, supercross man. tracks, dude. Uh, no, I don't you know. You kidding what me? What, what you are can we doing? say your girlfriend would fit in with that supercross That's track. That's right. She'd yeah. fit in very well. I want to know why they're all drawn to dirt, though. Why aren't they drawn to asphalt stuff? It's just not dirty enough. Well, you, you got to change. You got to dirty. You got to change the dirt, dude. That's the point. I'm. NASCAR don't do dirt. They well, then, like, well, then get out of NASCAR. <laughs> get into off-road. We're, 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 yeah, Statman, we're taking it lightly on what you just asked. <laughs> we're taking it very lightly of why there aren't a lot of hot boxes hanging around NASCAR tents as opposed to Supercross. And <laughs> now let's time out here for a second. I mean, come talk, on. Talk. There are, when we're talking nationwide and Sprint Cup, please. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. There's one or, there's one or two. Derek Thorne, you, gotta, you tell me that some of these guys that are coming into your pits, they got women. Women like... Race car drivers. I couldn't argue with you. Statman, good looking women we're talking about, bro. Well, yeah, okay. Now, see, I'm. 
<laughs> See there? What are you guys? But the, the women, I've been, you ever raced at Irwindale? Yes, sir. They got nice looking women at Irwindale, yeah. don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not bad. And they got like open bars down below and stuff, so they're into it and yeah. throwing. You don't ever, you don't, you know, I never, nothing's, uh, a bra has never hit my windshield though on the racetrack, you know. It's not like a rock concert. Nobody's throwing, <laughs> nobody, oh people yeah. throw tennis shoes, and, but the, you, want, beer, beer bottles you want them to throw, you want them to throw a bra at you and the, while you're going 180 miles an hour Maybe around the racetrack? You think if, if you think if race cars excited females that much, you think you start seeing something flying. Dude. Seems like you get all the drunk rednecks up there. NASCAR K and N West Series <laughs> pilot Derek Thorne joins us here in the Lucas Oil Studios. We're talking about uh, we're talking about bras being thrown at the windshield. He hangs in here better than anybody. Yeah, he does. Show. Yeah, he makes Ricky Medlock sound like he's from a Richard Simmons group. You ever, man. You ever heard of Leonard Skinner? I have, sir. You Sweet like Home Alabama is probably the best song ever made. Oh, we so just had Ricky Medlock on. I saw, I saw that when you guys were tweeting, and that's pretty impressive. I didn't get to listen to it, but it's pretty impressive. Dude, you got you don't listen to our show. You guys got Derek. some rapport, though, man. You guys are drawing in the talent. You got some good people coming on here. You ever heard of Derek Thorne? Uh, this that guy, he's just uh, he's on the bottom of the food chain right now. Do you want to touch my monkey? He's in the Freak Nation. <laughs> that's, that's a notch. That's another notch in my belt. I can go home and I can. You know, one of those and I heard cars, he's got a hot girlfriend too. That's right. I'm so one, of those, one of those cars that you were looking at, the Scorpions. You ever heard of the Scorpions? <laughs> I have not heard of the Scorpions. <laughs> Oh. Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Oh, you just oh. might not know who sings some of the songs. Winds of Change. Um, oh. can you Music play? is not my forte. I think I'm all the carbon monoxide has gone in my brain because I can't remember a song to save you my life. You have an iPod? No. You're the one that doesn't have an iPod. I don't have an iPod. Do you know this song? Oh, yeah. Scorpions. Scorpions. Oh, I know them, then. Jeez, Thorne. <laughs> I know you running running have... water just made it up to Bakersfield, bro. But oh, that dude. water is scary up there. All them oil fields they got. Yeah, man. That stuff. We live. I live the well, same place Harvick kind of grew up there in Oildale. And you look out, and there's probably two thousand oil rigs in probably a two or three square mile radius. Do you check your digits and your limbs? Like, do you have a, a, a freaking extra ass going out of your shoulder? <laughs> I might after a couple more years. You, know, I, you I gotta, never know. You can't see but five miles of the, the dang air so darn thick. I think we got worse air than down here. Now, time out a second. Before we rip Bakersfield anymore, we are on a station in Bakersfield, Kenny. That's one of our and, 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 I've got, and, and I've got free reign to talk about it, too. Trust me. <laughs> Yeah. That, you know that that's Derek Thorne. You ever been? You shave your back. Where's it? Uh, where's it? Mason Marin. I was. That was before. I missed it. I missed that boat. That you ship. Missed? That ship sailed before yeah, I actually got back. I know that was one. I've heard a lot of interesting stories from a lot of great people. But they do have a new one going up. Kern County Raceway should be up here that, in the next about month or two. I think. Sweet. I'll tell you a story when we're off the air about All Mason right. Marin. We did a. a, a special thing with speed freaks took some it was the last nascar truck race there buck ass naked yeah i mean it was it was yeah we we ever since then we've had to check for fingers and toes ever since porn has no idea what it is (laughs) kenny's playing audio drops and yes he is he's kind of confusing the interview right now we gotta get we gotta make sure you come back you gonna win at portland next dropping some ass in there <laughs> I have not been. This will be my first uh, two timer for road course stuff. This year we run Canyon does a great job of putting us to some road courses. We got like a whole realm of circle tracks we go to, but we got four road course races mixed in. Ooh. And Portland's the first repetitive road course I get to go back to. We've gone to three races that I've been first timers at, and Portland will be my first time going a second time. And I really hope that being there the first time, I learned a lot. Hopefully, I can go back and 
capitalize on it. But there's a lot of stout competition. You had to stand that little bob and weave at the end of the drag strip where you got to turn right and then left and then right yep. again coming out. How'd you do first time going? Man, I, w- I wheel hopped it all the way, w- all the way in there, just <laughs> burp, 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 burp. all the way in backwards, sideways. But they don't throw cautions for you. That's one thing I had to learn. Circle tracks have you spin out That's on your own. They're like, oh, caution, this guy's not that good. Oh. On road courses, they just put out a blue flag and say, just watch out for this dummy in the corner. What? And they just so- whiz on right by you. <laughs> So when you come out when you come out of the little carousel there, there's that long right hand turn. You get it all back together. Right oh, kind of. I do. I tried to. It took me of the 45 laps of that race. It was the most frustrating first 30 laps I think I've ever driven in my 30 life. 30 laps. First 30 laps were rough. Tight I just, rubbers. <laughs> it was one of the races where I look back on it and I'm thankful it happened because it taught me a lot. But the same, that's the thing is that Sunrise Ford, Bob Brinkai, the guy I drive for um, right. in the West Series, he does a phenomenal job. They got a lot of road racing background. So having guys like, you know, Jason Bowles, who's running the Nationwide Series, ran for uh, Bob in 2000, I think five to 2007. And then having guys like Patrick Longbill, a coach you, and then having Bill Cedric as the crew chief, these guys work really hard to. You know, make it happen for me. Can you stick around for another segment? Oh, heck yeah. All right, Freak Nation, his name Derek Long. Thorne. He drops Patrick Long yeah. like he's some lightweight coach. By the way, NASCAR journalist Mike Mulhern said, hey guys, do you think we could get NASCAR women to start throwing their bras at Dell Jr. in pre-race intros? <laughs> you never know. The scary, could, can you patent this? That? Is the, that patentable? The scary you thing, patented it. Hey, the scary it. thing about throwing bras from NASCAR brides, those sons of bitches will be like triple Ds or triple Xs. They won't Why be able to see. Problem? Because those triple D's match a triple D ass. Oh please! <laughs> and triple I don't know what women you're looking at. I see plenty of hot women at NASCAR races. Plenty, and I'm a girl saying that. Get out of the sweets, Crasher. Come down to the little folk like me. Derek Thorne continues to. <laughs> he's probably regretting it. Continues <laughs> to stick around. K and N West Series driver joins us here and here. Sponsored by Lucas Oil and Sunrise Ford and Loctite Ibox Springs and. Sunrise Ford. Are we going to see in a nationwide race here? Yeah, I sure hope so. I'd love, I'd love to be doing it. Yeah, nationwide truck series. I mean, it's just stepping stones. The stepping stones of NASCAR. They do a great job of putting together, you know, the the rise, I guess, to a driver. And it's just tough right now. It's a lot of. It's a very money driven sport, um, very sponsorship oriented. And you know, to go from a Canon, you know, West Series program that maybe costs a half a million to three quarters of a million a year to run, you know, right. you're going to the truck series it costs you know three million to run, and compared to nationwide, it's probably seven to nine million to run. So it's just it's a very to just jump out of the uh, the west per se and try to get in something like that with the same amount of fundings is very difficult. Mm. Did you talk to you, you said you were coached by Patrick Long, the uh, Lamar winner, ALMS winner. Did you talk to him about where to find some of this money? You had to speak, learn how to speak some extra language, just like he does. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, it's all about mar- I mean, it's all about marketing and meeting people. And Patrick is definitely one of the guys who's. He's done very well in the sport. You know, he's got Porsche, and he, he does a lot of off off um, off beat races for different nationwide series teams and truck series. No, not truck series, but nationwide series teams and cup that series teams. The real thing is he came on Speed Freaks, and that's what turned his Here career. Here we go. Right. He, no, right. he is a sports car porn star. Porn is he really? Yeah, that well, is solid said. right there. No, it's Patrick Long too. He's one of those younger generation porn stars. <laughs> No idea. Not much motorsports. 
Not much motorsports crash, or we got about three minutes to get through a couple of these with Derek Thorne sitting in here. What's this about? Uh oh. Yeah. What's this dude about? This guy's taking pills because he wants to grow breasts for a balding hair. What is it? Well, how about if we let Derek read this? I'll read the title and you read the article here. All right, let's cool? do it. All right. Balding software engineer claims generic version of Propecia hair growth pills turned him into a woman. Take it away, Derek. A man who took pills to help cure his baldness has claimed they turned him into a woman. That's kind of not that's not very believable. But. <laughs> While William McKee, yeah, he sounds, yeah. yeah. His hair, hair failed to grow back after he took Propecia. The father of the one said developed breasts and his hips began to widen. That's just not good. Child, childbirthing status right there. <laughs> Months after he sensed his shape was changing, he became a cross-dresser and went by the name of Mandy. That is just epic right there. He wore a woman's clothes. The former Silicon Valley entrepreneur said he did not have any hidden desire to be a cross-dresser before taking a generic version of the hair growth pill called Propecia. He claims the pills, which he took once a day for nine months. That's like birth control. That's like yeah. birth control or something. Yeah, birth control with breasts. Yeah, that's awesome. He claimed the pills, which he took once a day for nine months, radically changed the hormonal balance in his body. He now, and he now is considering a full sex change. Who is this guy? Uh, it doesn't matter because now, you, what, you, exploding toilets lead to major recall. Oh, oh you Derek Thorne, KNN West Series driver, reading not much motorsports oh, for us tonight. Where is exploding? Is that like? But you gotta like you gotta be in Europe for exploding. Talk that's, like that's like a bidet. Yeah. You know? And that explodes. Read the damn thing. We've only got about a minute. Nothing worse than sitting on a john, only to have it explode in a fiery ball of waste and maybe a little butt shrapnel. That ain't good at all either. <laughs> the Consumer Product Safety Commission is recalling roughly 2 million Sloan flush-made toilet tank systems of power flush variety, i.e. modules that are designed for assisted better flushing. Better flushing yeah. and, and exploding. A faulty weld seam can cause pressurized tank to burst and send the toilet lid and everything else in your toilet flying. That would suck, wouldn't yeah. it? Would that not? That would suck. That blow Imagine right up. Be, right blow right up that oh, back hole. It'd be raining poop. The issue is that the Flushmate three, the three. I wonder what the two's like. If it, yeah. the three's, it gives you extra oomph. Pressure assist flushing system installed inside the toilet tank can burst at or near the vessel weld seam. Vessel weld seam. Instantly releasing the stored water pressure that can shatter the tank's sewage spill and unfortunately butt shot. But did you write this? <laughs> this is not off. It doesn't even have the internet stuff on it. I think you made this I, up. I will find it on the internet. Oh. All right, all right. And Sloan and Flushmates have actually received 304 reports of explosions which have caused propriety damage and even 14 reports of impact or laceration injuries. That is a hell of an enema. Freak Nation. Is that not? There it is. It's is. Not Much Motorsports, read by Derek Thorne. Yes! NASCAR West driver, k Series West. Fourth and points, k West Series driver, Derek Thorne. Say goodbye, Derek. Man, I got to thank you guys for having me on here. You hurry up, bro. I got to thank uh, the guys back in Bakersfield. I got four-star fruit Byron Campbell, Carol Campbell, for giving me the, the, the actual ride in the SRL Southwest right. Tour Series. Bob right. Brancotti and his wife, they're both great families. I'm very excited to be driving for both of them. I've had a great season, 25 races in all, 10 races in the SRL Southwest Tour, 15 races in the West, K&N. Having a great year. Looking forward to being back with you guys.